Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Birds 5 of 5, passing it here, the ball's free. Welcome back, everybody, to the Behind the Rails podcast for Purdue football. I am your host, Travis Miller of HammondRails.com, and with me, as always, is former Purdue running back and all-time touchdowns leader, Corey Sheets. And here it is, take three. We've had some technical issues, but welcome back to the show, Corey. How you doing again, Travis? (laughs) There we go. There we go. It's just practice. It's just practice. And speaking of practice, it... Definitely looks like Purdue's offense needs a little bit more practice <laughs> after yesterday's showing. Uh, disappointing loss to the Wisconsin Badgers, 30-13. to And the Purdue offense turns the ball over five times, which um, you're not going to win many football games when you turn it over five times, are you? No, not at all. I've actually only been a part of one game where we won after turning the ball over six or seven times, if I'm not mistaken. But it was a fluke, and they turned it over like four times as well. <laughs> right, and I know that you know Purdue gave up its highest point total of the season. I don't think you can put that entirely on the defense because it was kind of shorthanded going into some short fields. Um, three points were, you know, I think one of the most amazing thing is is they had first and goal from the one after one of the interceptions, and the defense still held to three points, which was a critical critical hold at the time. And you got the first defensive touchdown of the season, too, from George Karloftis. So, really, I think this kind of goes at the hands of the offense. Um, Not the best game at all for Aiden O'Connell. No running game at all. Just, it it was a mess. What did you see, Corey? Um, I was only able to catch the highlights just because it was blacked out in my area, which I probably got to get, like, a fire stick (laughs) or something because... (laughs) (laughs) Trying to watch these games on, on blackout days is ridiculous. Like I thought they were gonna they were gonna be on because we were top twenty five. Like they should be playing all the top twenty five teams, but not in my area. So that I, was I'm Big Ten Network. You don't get Big Ten Network down there. It, I couldn't find it. Huh? It's crazy. Like I I don't know what was going on. <laughs> but I did see the highlights, and what I did see was a mess, and it looked like Purdue never showed up. In Wisconsin had a scrimmage. <laughs> it was, I mean, it was a game that was close into halftime. Um, Wisconsin got a 90-yard drive on their second drive of the game, and I think that was kind of the first uh-oh moment. Purdue had them backed up. They had them third and 15 at their own 27-yard line, and they were able to convert that, and that's kind of your uh-oh. This isn't the game. This is not a good offense, and you're giving them some confidence there. Mm. And to me, that drive kind of set the stage all day because they helped Purdue out with five false, with two false starts on the drive. They were starting at their own eight yard line. They had a fumble out of bounds, and they still went down and scored. So with the two false starts, it ends up being a hundred and two yard drive. You cannot do that. <laughs> 
you can't do that. Say 102 yards. Feels only 100. So you know that's the points came out of that. Hey, y'all, we got to take a break right now to pay for some stuff. So we will be right back after this ad. The Behind the Rails podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Yes, we're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Yes, we know that it's the middle of football season here for Purdue, but we're really, really excited for the men's basketball team and their number seven ranking to start the year and the women's basketball program to get back underway with Katie Geralds. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-50, to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball postseason, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. And then Purdue turns around and fumbles it on their next drive. Uh, well, no, they fumbled, they fumbled the punt, but then Wisconsin fumbled it. And that set up Purdue's only offensive drive of the game. Four plays, 39 yards to Payne Durham. And when that's your most productive drive of the game, offensively, ugh, it ain't going to get it done at all. I mean, I love having a great tight end, but he, he can't be the lead receiver. <laughs> well, I think it was impressive. I do have to give credit to Wisconsin. Uh, they they put David Bell in a box, six catches, 33 yards, and that's about as good as you're going to do against David Bell, really. I mean, you go for 240 a week before, they're going to put bracket and triple coverage on you. So if, if you got to be able to adapt and play around that, you can't just – Focus on David Bell all game. We got it. We got right. three, four of the receivers plus a tight end and a running back. They got to do something. And, and Durham did something. Uh, he finished with nine for 112 and a touchdown. That's that's a pretty good day for a tight end. And he he proved he's a very solid weapon at tight end. This was his best game in a while after coming back from the concussion. But you know, like you said, got to get some more in the running game. Oof. 24 carries for minus 13 yards. I mean, I'm sitting at my kitchen table right now, and I've run for more yards than Purdue did yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I've had one of those days where it's just nothing works. Everything's knocking you backwards, and you just wish they'd throw the ball. <laughs> the longest run of the day was nine yards by Plummer. And, ugh, ugh, not good. <laughs> I mean, what, King Durham had, what, 20 yards on how many carries? Nine. Ugh. It's a long day. Yeah, and when that happens, you're just, you're setting things up. And as well as the three-quarterback system worked against Iowa, it didn't work yesterday. You know, Wisconsin figured it out. It only took them a week. It was, okay, Plummer and Burton are in. It's a run. If O'Connell's in, it's a pass, and O'Connell stared down his receiver three times for three interceptions, and oof, just just awful. You can't win like that. And is that something that O'Connell does? Because I haven't noticed it, but is that something that he does? Because if they picked off, picked him off three times, that's, some, that's a tell-all that 
the defensive coordinator picked up and told his players. I think O'Connell is the type of quarterback that the interceptions, they come in bunches. He does really, really well until he throws that first one. And then the first one makes the second one more likely. The second one makes the third one more likely and so on. A couple of them were really, really bad. I think it was the second one right before halftime. He throws it over the middle, and it looked like he was just throwing a crossing route to the defender. The defender ends up running it down to the one-yard line. Unfortunately, the Purdue's defense held him there. They managed to somehow stop Wisconsin on first and goal from the one and hold him to a field goal. But even that wasn't any momentum. And for the second straight home game, Purdue did not score a single point in the second half. I mean, this is what I've been saying all season. We come out looking great. We go in halftime. They make adjustments. We don't. And we can't do anything in a, between the third and fourth quarter to make any adjustments, and the game runs away. This was a week after we did make the adjustments that needed to be done. Uh, it, it was great. And Purdue had the same opportunity this week that they did against Iowa with the chance to score. Halftime is a free defensive stop. Score again. But they uh, took a big sack. Uh, I think it was a big sack. No, they couldn't get anything going. The drive fizzles out at the 34 before halftime. And then the first drive out of the second half, Durham, uh, I thought it was an interception. It was officially ruled a reception to Durham and a fumble. But three plays out of half and you fumble it back to him. That ain't going to do it. At all. Like... And even then, it was still a, it was still a tight game until – you give up a 70-yard run on first down from the Wisconsin six-yard line. And that's that was really the second uh-oh moment. Tie game, you still have a shot there. Your defense is playing well, but they finally were just hammering away at it and break a 70-yard run. How ba- how big of a backbreaker is that if you're a defense? Depending on when it comes and how it comes, but when I looked at the highlights from that situation, they were in zero. I mean, that's likely to happen when you when defense is playing cover zero. Everybody's up front trying to stop the run and, and they run a play to the opposite side that the defense is leaning to. So I wasn't too worried about that. But it, it was just more so just the inconsistencies I'm seeing watching these highlights and looking at the stats. <clears throat> it's We got to do better in the second half as far as making adjustments. It can't be you stick to the game plan when the game plan is failing. Mm-hmm. And that's been my problem all, uh, all season is we go in, we make adjustments, we don't make adjustments, and they do, but then we come out the second half looking crazy. And I think it's frustrating because Brom has shown in the past he can really get some good things done with some misdirection and underneath routes and everything else, but we didn't see anything like that. And as you said, those are the kind of adjustments you need um, offense isn't doing anything. They've got, they've got you figured out. They're stopping the run. They're stopping the run. Find some way where you can just leak out a guy going left while you've got everything going right. And Brom's proven he can do that in the past, but he's he's not been doing that here. And this is hard to watch. And I'm glad I didn't get to see this because I probably would have been going crazy. But just looking at the stats, <laughs> it's it's completely one sided. Regardless of if Durham had a good game, it's just. The whole stat line is just one-sided. Mm-hmm. You're never going to win like that. <laughs> you know, you hold them to 52 yards passing, but 
It's Wisconsin. They had two guys go for 140 yards rushing, 290 as a team. They say, what's two guys the- beat you. <laughs> two guys. And then what's the what was the the, the time of possession on that? Because I know it was ridiculous. Yeah, that that was another big one, and that's why I don't think too much of it can be laid at the feet of the defense because I just think the defense was exhausted out there. It was officially about 33 minutes to 27 minutes, but I think that's a little bit skewed because Purdue had the ball uh, you know, a little bit there late. They had a drive that took about two minutes off the clock at the very end. But yeah, like you said, it's, it's, it's just, it's so inconsistent and everything else. And when you, your last couple of drives are three and out fumble and turnover on downs, and then you also have an interception Oof. that, and that was the other big one was O'Connell threw an interception with three, 13 minutes left and the game was still in hand or it was in reach there. It was 20 to 13 and Purdue had the ball inside the Wisconsin 30 and he threw just an awful interception on third and 11. You can't do that. Yeah. I was just about to say, it don't look like he got out of hand until the, the fourth quarter. Because mm-hmm. the stat line is seven, six, seven, and then ten. And we got yeah. zero, 13, and zero. It was like third and fourth quarter. Again, make adjustments. Like, oh my God, this stuff is so it's so annoying to just keep reading and looking at and watching. It's just like, oh. <laughs> it, it was, uh, I'm looking at it here. With 13.47 left, Purdue had it third and six at the Wisconsin 24. So that's an easily convertible third down. You're 24 yards away from tying it, despite everything else that's going on there. And you go false start and interception. Oh, and man. Ball game. I mean, that was ball game right there. Especially when you don't got the momentum at home. I'm going to say, let the student section clear out. <laughs> And Wisconsin made them pay because the the next drive, seven plays, all runs, touchdown. 72 yards and seven plays all on the ground. I mean, that's, that is just leaning against the defense and then finally breaking them, unfortunately. I mean, I, yeah, I've been a part of a team that is consistently run the ball. And when you do that, it's demoralizing to a defense. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I can see why they scored 17 points in the second half with zero uh, defense. <laughs> so what do you take away from this really going forward? I mean, it, it's just, I, I think there, there's still a lot to play for this season. I, know, I see there's only one game I see where I would be absolutely shocked if Purdue won, and that's at Ohio State. And there's a tendency to write this off as, oh, well, it's Wisconsin. That always happens against Wisconsin. But this is the second time this season and second time in a row at home that you just have a game where nothing happens in the second half. And it certainly looks like the offense is not getting any better when they've scored only 13 points in four of the last five games. So what do you see going forward and how do you see fixing this? The coaches, this this is all coaching. I'm not putting any of this on the players. I'm mm-hmm. the coaches really? going. Yeah, the coaches need to go in and be able to make adjustments because right these type of miscues and is basically just saying, all right, y'all fooled us during the first half. Wisconsin went in there, made adjustments, and now we're just going to 
pick you off and make you fumble and three and out you until the game's over. And we have no answer for that. And I get now we have the same record as Wisconsin, but in my opinion, from looking at the weeks before, we're a way better team than Wisconsin. It's just so frustrating because they kicked our ass down the field. I mean, there's no reason for us to be playing like this. Like, this this is all coaching. It's not – yeah, you could put some of it on the the players because, yeah, they got to go out there and make the tackles and make the plays and – Every play is designed to score a touchdown, and every defense is designed to stop a play. But, again, knowing when to call certain defenses and when to call certain offensive plays, that's all on coaching. We show the ability not to be able to make adjustments and call the correct plays at the correct time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's as simple as that. And we're not going to do any better until that fix gets fixed. <laughs> not at all. We mess around when make a bowl and get embarrassed in the bowl because we can't make adjustments in the second half. Like, <laughs> and you don't want to squander that because after the last two seasons, making a bowl game is still some tangible progress for the program. But how much? It depends on how much you make that progress. You still have to go out and, like you said, make those adjustments. Not embarrass yourself in the bowl game because it's extremely likely you're going to be missing your two best players next year when Karloftis and Bell go to the NFL because they're juniors. They are going to be draft eligible after this year. They're going to go get their money, and I don't blame them one bit. Do you? I mean, no, not at all, especially the way things are going right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, get up out of here, young fella. <laughs> especially if you can get out of there and get a couple million dollars, too. Exactly, <laughs> never know what happens next year you mess around get hurt COVID might spring up again and then now uh, you ain't got no film like, <laughs> oh it's, it's, it's stressful oh I believe it I believe it you you've been there you've been trying to make it you know how hard it is to make it in the league yeah exactly especially if we don't get drafted so for those guys that are draft eligible and draft worthy <laughs> get up out of there but for the, those <laughs> who uh gotta stick around and, and, and thug it out as we used to say, ah, the coaches, you got to do you better. They, they got to. It's, it's going to be another long, what, we got four or five games left? Four games? I uh, got got five games left. Um, you get at Nebraska this week. Purdue's opening as a seven-point underdog there. And Nebraska is honestly one of those teams. They are just – they're a bag of cats. You don't know what's going to happen with them. <laughs> I mean, they are all over the place. And doesn't look like they're going to be in the bowl. They kind of have that label as the best, whatever their bad record is, team in America. I think they are. Well, let me look it up here. I mean, shit. They, <laughs> you said you said they might not make a bowl. They all they got to do is win three games and they're eligible. <laughs> well, they are three and five. However, they still have to play Ohio State and Iowa. So right. they would have to pull off an upset in one of those two games. And that's assuming the that they State beat Purdue game. and Wisconsin. Yes, I'll give you the Ohio State game. I don't know about that Iowa. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. But, <laughs> but they, they've got Purdue, Ohio State, Wisconsin, and Iowa. They're looking at Purdue right now as the easiest of those four games left. But they are just – they're a snake-bitten team. They've lost by eight. They've lost by seven. They've lost by three. They lost by three. And they lost by seven. They're not getting blown out. <laughs> right. A, a, a team like that is very dangerous. I remember one season we had like that. We just kept losing two, three, 
two three two three. Like we were a very good team, and I am thinking that Nebraska is no different. It's just they got to find a way to pull it out, and I hope they don't do it against Purdue. It's right. <laughs> and three of those losses to Oklahoma, Michigan State, and Michigan, who all happen to be undefeated at this very moment. So it's not like they're losing close games to bad teams. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> say seven games seven close close games three of them you lose and those guys are undefeated yeah you can you can chop yeah. that one up <laughs> now they they did lose to illinois to start the season but i mean look what illinois did yesterday going into penn state so yeah we could talk all day about nebraska but at the end of the day purdue has to make adjustments coach brown got to get in there like firing it his I'm not even going to say the defense because I don't look at it as a defensive problem this, this season. It's no. an offensive problem. We're not converting and doing anything different once the game starts. Brom was brought in because of his offensive prowess. Shit. And, and if Purdue is holding teams to 20 points or less, Brom's reputation was to score 30, 30 35, 40 a game. The defense is doing its job. <laughs> I don't even think Wisconsin gets to 30 yesterday if the offense is performing to the expectations we had when Brown was hired or the expectations that we've seen a couple of times in his first few seasons. I mean, shit, the last few games. <laughs> right. For the last few games, he saw what, 20, 24, 30? Uh, yeah, because he uh, the first two games were 30 and 49, then it's been 13, 13, 13, 24, and 13. With uh, yesterday's 13 – Take six off of it because George fell off, just picked up a fumble and ran it all the way back. That's not on the offense. That's a defensive score. Just about to say, like, <laughs> shit, if we do our normal deal, game's over. <laughs> yeah. With a Carl Loftus touchdown. Yeah. <laughs> What's that guy on TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> so that, I, that leads to kind of the big question right now. What do you do with the quarterback situation with O'Connell? You, I think you have a higher ceiling, but you got a lower floor with the way those picks are coming. I mean, and with Plummer, he doesn't turn the ball over. He still has not thrown an interception. And still has won you a game. He well, he he won the he won the Oregon State game and arguably won the UConn game because well, no defense UConn won the, the defense won the UConn game. He played the, the fact that we played UConn is the way we won the UConn game. He was out at the ha- at halftime. Yeah. <laughs> no. Here's here's what won the UConn game when this when the when we made the schedule and it had UConn on it. That's when we won the UConn. Yeah, that, that um, he can't get credit for that. Maybe the Oregon State, but again, it's the first game of the season, and how many you didn't take all the snaps? Like you split snaps with three two different quarterbacks. Like no, he played the whole Oregon State game. No, I thought he switched out a couple of plays. No, uh, O'Connell didn't play until second half against UConn and then came in in the second half against both Notre Dame and Illinois. The the opener against Oregon State was all Plummer. You sure? Because I could have sworn. And against Oregon State? Yeah, Plummer 29 of 41, 313, two scores. O'Connell didn't play. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. All right, well, you give him credit for one game, but still, what have you done for me lately? Like. <laughs> And Oregon State's not bad. They're five and two right now. That win's looking real good. Now again, to be honest, football is a what have you done for me lately sport. And that was four. I mean, that was five, six weeks ago. Like no, 
<laughs> but is that better than throwing three interceptions and turning the ball over two more times and having no. five turnovers? No, it's not because we've we've put O'Connor in and he's closed the games for us out how many times? Three or four times? In his career, he has a I think yeah, in his career he's got four fourth quarter game winning drives, including one this year against Illinois. No, I don't mean four quarter drives. I mean like we throw him in and he's just finished the game off type of thing. Oh, uh, let's see, Notre Dame and Illinois, and then yeah, he started he started the Minnesota and the Iowa and the Wisconsin games. So yeah, he's been the guy the last five games at the end. I mean, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You can, but it's broke. It's not. <laughs> you can say it, you can say it's broke, but it's not really. He's just a, he's just a high risk quarterback. I mean, throw down the field a lot. You're going to have big plays or bad plays. Like he's still my guy, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that that's all I wanted to know. That's all I wanted to know because it's like something's got to give, and I I think this is a big week. I wouldn't call it a must win because no, I still I think Purdue's got a very good shot against Northwestern in Indiana at the last two games of the season, and you win both of those, you're going bowling. But this is the, all right, you get this. You still get seven or eight wins this year, and it looks really good in the long run. I mean, exactly. You don't, you don't want to say, oh, we don't got to worry about this game. We get the next. Nah, you don't want that snowball effect because that shit happens and it, <laughs> it picks up fast. Yeah, and if you're looking at that, if you're counting on those last two as the win, that means you'd be going into the Northwestern game on a four-game losing streak. <laughs> exactly. You know, <laughs> we're going to turn to five real fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, well. Uh, we're about to wind, wind down here. There's not a lot more we can say about Wisconsin. Uh, any final thoughts before we go, Corey? Karloff, just stay healthy. <laughs> just it was, <laughs> hey, man, stay healthy, my guy. <laughs> it was a lot of fun to see him running with the ball there because that was at my end. My seats are at that end of the stadium, man, and everybody's going nuts. And defensive touchdowns are always so much fun. I, I bet as an offensive player, you just love to see those defensive guys get in the end zone and get, be the first one out there congratulating them. Defensive touchdowns are great, but it's, it's, it's a whole lot better when that, when that defensive touchdown comes from a big guy. Because you get the oh, big yeah. guy scramble, you get the big guy touchdown, you, you get the get big guy uh, end zone celebration, <laughs> and it's always the same. It's either a spike or, or they keep the ball and jump into everybody. <laughs> well, uh, that makes me. Have you heard of the Peisman Trophy? Not the Heisman, the Peisman Trophy. Now this is a new one for me. Uh, it was created by uh, Ryan Nanny at SB Nation, one of the higher ups here with us, uh, within like that manages all of the blogs for SB Nation. Okay, and it is basically an award at the end of the season given to like the best big man play. So like any lineman or whatever, and it's open to all divisions. So if you got like a division three, three hundred and fifty pound tackle that does something, we'll they can get nominated. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> You love and, big man touchdown. <laughs> and it's not just touchdowns. Like there've been obscure plays where they've run a trick play where like a six foot five, 320 pound tackle is throwing the ball on some play. <laughs> hey, Carlottis, he got my nominee. <laughs> well, yesterday we had a big man reception too. We can't overlook this. 
offensive lineman Spencer Holstage grabbed one out of the air on a tipped pass. <laughs> I mean, I can dig it, but yeah, let's go. Let's go for the actual. He he tried to do this. I'm, Carloft is still my guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was great to see Big George, and I, I just feel good for him because man, he he deserves a touchdown. That's one of those guys you're like, all right, you played so well, you deserve a six in your career, big man. Yeah, get one before you get a five today. Good to watch that. <laughs> all righty well with that we will call it a show for this week we'll be back in a couple of days here with a preview of nebraska and Purdue's trip out to lincoln yeah. but for <laughs> but for Corey and myself i'm travis miller of hammerandrails.com we thank you for listening to the behind the rails podcast and boiler up btfu as always the behind the rails podcast is brought to you by bet online Please visit our sponsor, Bet Online, for the best in college sports odds. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube.